Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology Podcast, featuring tech legend Jake Gunkelman. He's the man who has read well over half a million brain scans, and Dr. Marie Swingle, author of iMinds. Our goal is to provide information and promote options for better mental health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. Hello, hello. Jake Uncleman. Yeah, at least what's left of Jake Uncleman. You know? <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> well, I am co-host. I, I am parts missing like some chicken, you know. So, uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, he's he's uh, solidly long for the moment. All so right, good, good. He's had his morning out and about, so. So, so loneliness, Jay, they say it's uh, as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. (laughs) (laughs) Probably if you're lonely, you smoke 15 cigarettes a day, you know. So, um, you know, solitary confinement, uh, the world's uh, uh, number one step in torture, you know, Um, and... It's not that you have to be isolated in a cell block somewhere to be isolated. Uh, you can be sitting right next to somebody on the subway and be isolated. Yeah. Um, you can uh, sit across from somebody at, at a, a banquet and be isolated. You know, it, it doesn't require uh, solitary confinement, but isolation is as bad as solitary confinement. It's, uh, it's an awful uh, circumstance and if you want to see somebody spin off in their head have them not interact about anything with anybody and uh, see how um, uh, kind of uh, fractured their uh, cognitive logic ends up being Um, the 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 thought process of uh, isolation isn't always uh, intact. There have been some fabulous things created in isolation, some some you know books written in prison kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, that there's there's more people that flip out than than actually do productive stuff. Marie, we're we're talking about loneliness. They, yeah. There was an article that said it's as bad as smoking fifteen cigarettes a day. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement. I, I mean, we always get these really kind of kooky analogies. Um, and I'm not sure about, you know, that loneliness gives you lung cancer. Um, but no, I think we are in an epidemic. This is right up my alley in terms of talking about, you know, how the technologies that were originally designed to help us communicate and help us stay in touch are having the opposite effect. Um, we I write extensively about our need to go back to more face-to-face, heart-to-heart interaction. Um, And I would even say uh, the younger generations are suffering much, much more. It used to be geriatric populations we were so worried about. Uh, Geriatric populations, I think, are using the technologies beautifully, you know, to, 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 to Zoom or FaceTime their, their grandkids, et cetera. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the folks are not going out 
uh, to the coffee shop and, and yapping with each other anymore. Um, there's an epidemic of people living alone. You know, people don't, I, I understand you don't want to be living with five roommates. I mean, we've all been through that. It was fun, but it also was not. But, you know, this whole thing, we don't want the burden of taking care of other people, but then nobody's taking care of us, right? Well, so. well what is loneliness? Well, to me, it's very different than being alone. You know, no issue whatsoever. Um, what, Jay, what are you doing, huh? Oh, <laughs> you uh, point? oh I'm sorry. Uh, were we talking about something? <laughs> Hold on, Jay. Uh, uh, you... self, self-inflicted loneliness. Yeah. You know, addiction to the <clears throat> tablet or the phone or... Yeah, uh, yeah but... Know, virtual reality goggles it's gone further that i think a lot of youth now never acquired the communication skills that they just don't know how to go out and interact with individuals like nobody okay now i'm going into my absolutes uh no apologies people uh but you know if you don't pass that extremely awkward phase in adolescence where you learn to interact with the world as a child, and all of a sudden you're a more mature psychosocial sexual uh, being, if you do not pass that awkward phase and learn how to communicate with people, you're a compromised individual and potentially a very lonely one. <laughs> yeah. Has the, hasn't this been going on for a long time? Okay, take away the cell phone. Jay, are you yeah. telling me you didn't sit at the kitchen table and one of the parents wasn't had their nose in a newspaper? It's different. It's different. Not not that my family. <laughs> uh, well, it's a good point, though. We can't blame all of this yeah. on the technologies. Yeah, yeah somebody isolating yeah. behind a newspaper uh, in one generation, the TV in another one. You, yeah. you hit the nail on the head, Jay. Um, yeah. Sorry, Pete, but we are far, far, far behind that now. Or beyond, I should say. Well, you can't yeah. click a newspaper. I think that's the difference. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> what planet are you on? Of course you can. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> 1956. I like to see him click on that newspaper. Yeah. No. Well, the telephone. At least you're talking to somebody. Yeah. You, you have voice. You have voice prosody. But how many folks are really talking? A lot of the things I hear are, are diatribe monologues, like when you're passing somebody. Yeah. Um, on the street, just that classic holding up the phone. I I, I don't know, gentlemen. I am so. I, I can't complain them. about people with the media watching podcasts. However, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an edu- that's an educational, positive use of a spare time moment that you can't have some social interaction for the moment. Then a podcast fits in very nicely. Yeah, we we like to fit in somebody's routine you know when they're by themselves so are they technically lonely if they're working out by themselves but listening to us does that fill a void i mean jokes aside you know if all of this is used as a compliment not an issue i mean we we all go and the all of us know all of the extreme positives the problem is it's an override it's completely eclipsing other forms of relationships um yeah. you know and you know we we're joking about the newspaper in the 1950s i was a walkman kid you know that little cassette the first gen walkman oh my gosh 
when I found a Walkman on my bicycle, wow, it, it was wonderful. It was a really kind of nice form of, of isolation. Um, so, I mean, we all get the attraction no matter what generation we're from, but it's the complete and total override. Yes. And, you know, everybody with the, the headphones in their own home, that's an interesting phenomenon. I never thought we'd see that, even when you are in an environment with your family. The interpersonal interaction, face-to-face, mm -hmm. uh, uh, -face, yeah. uh, for me, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, yeah. um, uh, we, the, that has self-regulatory interactions at a at a level that's not just the words or the the facial expression or the handshake there's there's uh biological uh regulatory interactions that are going on mm. let's take that away well if you don't have co-regulation that helps you regulate your body is more likely to have systems that aren't well regulated. Yeah. We help each other regulate. There's a resonance between individuals that's uh, lost where there's isolation. And, you know, uh, um, the, the, the heart is a system, the brain is a system, uh, the, the gastrointestinal uh, system is a system. All, all of these things end up having rhythms, and those rhythms end up being fostered by interaction with other similar rhythmic people. And it, if you don't have um, a, a direct contact, uh, you, you need to find it elsewhere. Uh, there, there's, there's some interesting alternatives. You can have a pet. Uh, that, that that's uh, um, that that co-modulates uh, uh, with you, um, but uh, you, doing it as a solo act isn't necessarily a good act. That's a high wire act. Yeah, there was and a lot of work done on this years ago, Jay. You, I mean, you're Mr. Reference, um, but I mean, we, we, there was even a journal called Subtle Energies. Um, and, you know, if you have two people sitting in the same room with a certain distance, your, your hearts start to regulate together, your breathing starts to regulate together. I mean, we all know about body positions, how we imitate and emulate. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's just we we are biological beings. Um, yeah. And a lot of what we're doing now, it's 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 in the face of how we are literally designed to be. Um, you, you were talking about facial expression, um, Jay, but all of those little subtle things like the little blush, the, the, the pupil dilation, all of those things that that help you be at one with somebody or exactly the opposite kind of let you know, hey, this isn't going as as well as it should be. But what do we do when we take away the biological messaging, yeah. um, interpersonal biological messaging? We deregulate. Yeah. We deregulate. Some of the early, early, early work goes back to Barbara Brown. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of lost in the history of the early days of uh, EEG for many people. But yeah. uh, she she was a ball buster of a woman and, and really uh, organizationally, uh, was an important figure, not a diminutive individual. She had a a, 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 a 
booming voice and uh, actually directed the rooms that she was in really quite well. Mm -hmm. uh, one of her experiments was to sit people with a wall between them with a little slit where they could see only a little piece of the person's face. And you may argue that pupil diameter is something you could see. Mm, yeah, that's true. But they had to guess when the other person was um, kind of uh, uh, feeling them or connected to them. Mm -hmm. And they monitored their EEG. And when people both pressed the were connected button together, theta was a dominant state in both of them. Mm. So uh, she, you know, and, and, you know, she was one of the early um, people looking at uh, theta. Um, Elmer Green and Elise uh, were uh, cohorts of hers at yeah. the time as well. So, yes. but uh, uh, the, the, the interpersonal, uh, guessing that you're actually connected uh, was was something that she was looking at as a, a biological uh, connection and found uh, theta to be one of the uh, frequencies that uh, was associated with that kind of connectivity. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if we, one of the, my big critiques as well is the, the loss of, you know, what we used to call pillow time. Um, yes. You know, if individuals take their, their phones to bed, you don't have any of that. Um, or, if, you know, people go to bed at different uh, times. But, I mean, what state would you automatically think you are at rest, on the pillow, half asleep? Um, you probably don't see each other's pupils. You're just in the other person's energy. Um, and that's where very, very intimate conversations occur. And I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. Yeah. And we're, we're losing... All of those moments where we're in touch with others' biology. Isn't it critical when uh, a mother and their infant, if all the, that recognition, that, that screws them up for the rest of their life if you don't have that connection early on, right? That's no, Alan, Shore's, Alan Shore's work. Yeah. And, uh, he, he has a very well-developed system to understand the face-to-face uh, -face interaction between parent and child yeah. and how that develops the uh, affective regulatory system and neurochemistry for later life psychopathology if it's not done well. Yeah. Uh, or Ainsworth, there's a whole grouping and yeah, yeah. Uh, even uh, uh, Porges took that up. Um, yeah. And in, in the first year you get the primary emotions uh, developed and then uh, shame and guilt are social emotions that are actually learned in the left hemisphere in the, in the late one year, more likely in the second and third year. And um, yeah, uh, anyway, his, his work is really quite uh, well developed in, in that area. It's, it's used as reference material for all of the other folks that you see out there working on attachments and stuff at this point. Uh, yeah. But uh, um, the, uh, the developmental trauma uh, stuff is really dependent on his work. Our mom's talking. I want to pick up on that. You know, all of this focus now on trauma informed therapy, trauma, trauma, trauma. I think there's a huge element, uh, sorry, elephant in the room. Um, I'm, I'm, here I go again. There's not that much trauma in the world. But, you know, why are individuals uh, reacting in traumatic ways to, uh, I would say, lesser. Um, emotional 
stressors. And I think it's because you do not have the primary setup. Uh, you do not have solid attachment. You have not learned fundamental safety. And I think a lot of that is in the setup of zero to three. And I'm going to go loop right back to what we're all talking about. There's not enough literal face-to-face, heart-to-heart with primary caretakers. And yeah. people, people's nervous systems, the whole psychophysiology uh, does not yeah. know what safety is. You know, in the ACEs, uh, adverse childhood experiences, and if you have more than four of them, uh, and there's a short list, and if you have four of them, uh, later life uh, pathology, hypertension, cardiac problems, uh, 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 strokes, all, all sorts of things that you think are just purely medical. Uh, not how could that be related to you know, that early life bad experience of some sort, but um, that's it's a very well developed uh, uh, science at this point, uh, with huge, huge ends in the studies. One of the things they found is that it takes one person to save somebody from an ace's hell of an eight or a ten or maybe just a four, uh, but it only takes one. And that one caring person is this one-to-one resonant being that can end up uh, recentering somebody and uh, sending them off on a different course. Um, it, it, it's, um, you know, it, if it were just the aces, God help us, because if you look at a survey of a crowd of people and they all take the aces, on a, on a device and it's scored anonymously, the number of people in the room that have an ACEs score that would basically have them, you know, you know, that's it, you know, your, your toast um, is high. Uh, there, there, there's so many that would be in such dire strait. And, and again, that one person to, to, to snatch the being out of that morass and and uh, and and, uh, and help them um, uh, not be isolated. Yeah, we uh, all talk about the liability. We all talk about the liability. We don't talk about the protector, the 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 older sibling, the teacher, um, the neighbor, um, the the aunt, the the uncle. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Jay. It it it's only that one strong connection, um, yeah. and you know, even if we look. People don't know their neighbors. I think a lot of relationships with teachers, it's more conflictual. Um, a lot of teachers are, are afraid to develop a good interpersonal relationship with their students. And all of this, we cannot blame on the technology at this point. I think from a cultural or social standpoint, a lot of the structures that we used to have, uh, institutional as well as family, um, are are becoming lesser. Yeah. So I have a uh, an old friend from uh, university days, and you know she's remained single and has never had a kid. And she's got a little house in the Midwest, and she's um, she's been into bicycles, and she repairs bicycles and she gives bicycles away, and people drop off 
pieces and parts and bicycles that have been run over and you know she, but all of the kids in her little town basically hang at her place and and she is that one person that snatches these little folks out of their dire circumstance and gives them a safe uh, haven and and she's got a lot of people riding a lot of bicycles uh uh so i i i you know there there are people that are um uh, those uh, unique individuals out there but you don't necessarily know who they are uh, they're not always the obvious person uh, that you don't have a shingle on the wall necessarily um in the little list of um uh, links that uh, uh, pete sent out about things that may end up being part of the topic there was there was one that talked about uh hairstylists yes and and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh barbary uh and hairstyling or you know uh manny petty or or massage or 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 some personal service of some sort uh, that uh, that that can be a huge connection and it takes time and uh, it's somebody you meet again and again. Uh, so it's- And uh, touch, touch. Yeah. They did not mention that in the article. They had all these theories. They did not mention touch. Yeah. Now- They become immediately more intimate in any yeah. service that has touch with it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a touchy subject in psychology, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you're not allowed to be touchy yeah. in psychology. Mm -hmm. If you're doing neurofeedback, you have to be touchy. Yeah. I mean, how do you get this stuff on? You know, um, uh, so there's there's exceptions uh, uh, that, that are procedural uh, um, issues, but uh, it's still, you know, uh, it, it's... Um, it's an odd thing to have that limitation when uh, when touch and talk uh, together are such a, a natural pairing. Yeah, but you know, you know, how, you know, you need one bad coach, one bad psychologist. Yeah, there, yeah. there are always some really rotten apples out there, um, but for yeah. a whole industry and you know, really good-willed, good-hearted people to not be able to reach out and touch somebody's hand when they're sharing a, a you know, a, a grief memory. But I mean, I work with a lot of kids and I'm not saying it's on a daily basis, um, but especially the little ones, when you're sitting next to them, they lean in on you. Um, they, they will put their hand on your thigh. Um, and you're just, you're kind of in this really interesting decision point all the time. Can you take your hand off my thigh? You know, even verbalizing that makes it really, really wrong. And I think a lot of us on a daily basis just have to make these um, decisions. Like a kid comes up and hugs your your leg. You know, did you ask my permission to hug you? Uh, I, I have some real, real issues with this. 
again, I don't want to fly in the face of, you know, the poor children that are, are physically invaded all the time. Um, I'm not even talking yeah. about, you know, the abuse component, but we, we have to figure out the pendulum. You know, we, we continually yeah. in our profession, and I would say socially and culturally as well, we go from all the wrongs boom, um, to a whole different set of of wrongs our yeah. moms luckily, luckily that luckily the hairstylist is allowed to touch <laughs> and they can talk yeah. they're, but they're and, more than touching i mean they're they're stroking yeah. Yeah. right i mean jay we can joke about your hair but one of the most intimate sharing is when somebody washes your hair you know that's extremely intimate and feels and, beautiful yeah. And the the woman in the article became a psychotherapist. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I want to go there. That that that's the stuff that drives me uh, crazy. Okay, know. let me get back on the tracks here. Zero <laughs> to three. Okay, the last time I had a kid was thirty years ago. Okay, mm -hmm. and the formative year zero to three. I don't. You know, I went to the baby Lamaze classes and all that stuff, but I don't remember anything ever saying how important it is to connect to your kid between zero and three. Or moms to be being taught that now? Well, or you just did it before that. That's I, that's the issue. Um, and when your kid cried, you 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 went. I mean, okay, there was the Ferber age, but um, yeah, I, I I blame this all on the bloody technology. The parents are just so distracted and even like extreme working parents busy 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 they, they weren't uh, going into this high stimulation device that literally would prevent them from not hearing but uh, regulating the the cry yeah. of, of their child like it's um my gosh i i can go on and on and on but and do you on. think moms know that though or they but, know they but don't you have a baby camera in the room yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think more and more, yes, but I, there's a lot of, of pushback. You know, I've been talking about this, what, how long, Jay? 20 years, maybe? Um, I, I, I wasn't going to embarrass you by saying how long we've known each other, even. <laughs> yeah. No, but like really professionally on this yeah. over 20 years, over 20 years. Um, and, uh, if, uh, yeah, here I go again. There's just too much money in it. Um, the, the people that have the power to really do something aren't doing it. It's starting, though, uh, but it's starting at a much later age. I know France took uh, phones out of school. Sweden is now. Um, but this is when it's older. We have to uh, we have to reach the parents, but not criticize them. You know, I, I, I talk about what, you know, the, the parenting trap. You know, young parents, there's, you know, full, full loop. You know, you have a young single mom, you know, not even how does she get some respite? Mm. How does she take a shower or go to the toilet? You mm. know, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, she plops her kid in front of a, of a phone. I mean, I get that part. Um, yeah. But get, getting back to loneliness and let's talk about re rehabbing somebody you send them to an institution and you put them in solitary confinement. How does that it's, rehab somebody? It's not, it's punishment. But uh, it's torture, torture, yeah. not just punishment. Yeah. Well, and it, it, yeah. 
uh, touchy we subject, a, but how do how, if we have you, a prison? We have a prison industry, and yeah. it's a big industry. And uh, um, uh, go to Denmark, and uh, the person that has a crime ends up having uh, a totally different experience. There's a lot of educational stuff. There's um, uh, uh, job stuff. I mean, their uh, their system system is not set up as a punitive but as a rehabilitation system. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, uh, you know, when it comes right down to it, we can't afford to keep spending money like we are on prisons and, and housing uh, the number of people that we have in prisons. It's just, it's an unsustainable industry. And uh, the, the, those resources are better spent elsewhere. Well, as you said, Jay, it's, it's a toll business. I would say the U.S. is one of the worst, excuse me, countries in the world for that. Uh, it's beyond for profit. Um, we were talking about it's a, it's a punitive system, whether we call it punishment or torture. And it's an acculturation system. Anybody who goes in there on a or some minor little thing, they pick up the culture of criminality. Um, it has my outside perspective there is it has exactly the opposite effect of what the system is designed to do. Punish? Okay. You know, many of us do need a slap on the hand. Okay. And rehabilitate or set you straight, turn you around. None of that is happening. But I mean, can, can people be, well, you said Denmark, Jay. I mean, I've, I've heard of that. I don't know what the stats are, but, Putting somebody in solitary confinement, that makes the person worse, correct? Yeah, and going to Denmark isn't like going to solitary confinement. That's yeah, a very yeah. nice place. So, uh, so, so when you're in solitary confinement, what, what's happening? Is it like rumination? How does that come into play? You know, the thoughts in your head, you got nobody to connect with. What's going on in the, in the noodle? Oh, there you go. Not that. <laughs> well, uh, every once in a while, a little bit of joy has to be injected into yes. your day. And uh, have, having a pup give you a smooch in the morning isn't a bad way to start. That's... So, um, well, even you know, you know, the, let's throw that one in. I, you know, we, we know that bringing little puppies and kittens and things into hospitals has a beautiful effect on healing i'd be totally pro puppies in prisons you know if people are having trouble interacting with other human beings feel threatened by them feel the need to hurt and harm other human beings beautiful way to retrain individuals rehabilitate is having them care for and develop protection for another living creature i mean there's so many things that we could be doing but we're so busy punishing people um and making money off of them Birdman of Alcatraz? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, the, the number of stories of birds or rats or mice yeah. or, you know, a cat that's made it into the prison system somehow. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, anyway, it's, uh, um, it's another being. And uh, um, it, it's, uh, to a certain extent, uh, 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 an, um, uh, like an like an icon uh, that that you can use to calm or center or uh, represent, and uh, you know, it, uh, that, that's uh, classic in religion 
um, across many, many religions. So, uh, so, so if you're lonely and I'm just thinking of like, um, a monk, you know, when they're by themselves and they're meditating and doing their, they're, they're technically lone, lonely because they're, they're not thinking about anything. Is that what's going Wrong There's choice, difference, I think. Wrong choice. Yeah. Difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it. also a profession uh, wherein uh, they're, they're not, med well, meditation is another form of prayer, right? There's an, there's an objective to the solitude. There's a seeking. There's actually a purpose to it. Um, I would say in a prison system or somebody who's, you know, all alone and isolated, uh, that it's lack of purpose, lack of connectivity. Um, and a monk, they're seeking connectivity with the, the universe. A nun is seeking connection with God. Um, but that's what I was teasing you about wrong, wrong choice there. Yeah, I was somebody in, in nature. Okay. Um, it doesn't just have to be another person or a puppy. It, it's connecting, uh, I would say with the universe and with, uh, life. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of this stuff has become over-formalized, like forest bathing and forest walks. Um, but a, a, a nice walk in the woods with the breeze in your face, smelling the trees. Wow. Uh, 18 wealthy families. Did I go away? Come on back. There you uh, go. Wealthy families, what would they prescribe? They would prescribe walks by the sea. People who were feeling melancholy and ill would be sent to the ocean. We, we have a lot of this innate knowledge. Um, and, you know, eras where I would really criticize uh, the mental health. They used to put people on racks and things, too. But, you know, we, we know some of this stuff fundamentally. Yeah. I'm trying to get the difference between ruminations. Okay, because that's a negative connotation. Uh, depending on what the thought is in the chats or, or the chants, right? It's right here. <laughs> the anterior cingulate. <laughs> anterior cingulate is, is uh, um, a spot in the brain. If it's working, it gives you cognitive and emotional flexibility. When it's not working, you can be stuck on or stuck off. Uh, you can be unregulated and flip-flop between on and off, but you don't have the normal graded uh, ability to respond appropriately. If you're locked on, it's like an obsession or a compulsion. And um, if you're locked off, it's like procrastination. Um, in its more nasty forms, it can also include the affective division of the anterior cingulate, like anhedonia. And th those those are uh, reward deficiency uh, issues, and they actually have seen a thalamocortical dysrhythmia at the anterior cingulate, uh, uh, cognitive and emotional uh, uh, <clears throat> sections of it. Mm -hmm. That was published in Nature by Dirk DeRitter. They were found by machine learning. So chanting, if I... It, chanting and ruminating thoughts is that the same thing dr marie 
I don't think so at all. No. Well, okay. ruminating, I think, is self-generated. And as Jay was saying, um, you know, we, we call it a hot simulate. You, you get into these circular OCD-like um, thoughts. And I mean, I joke with clients, none of us get locked on. I'm so fantastic. I'm so intelligent. We get locked on. Why did I do that? I'm so stupid. I'm worthless. Or I've, I've got to wash and all the drawers got to be in the right order. Um, chanting, um, again, if we could even put it into uh, mantras, uh, they can yeah. be some words that we yeah, would yeah. They can, yeah. And yeah, I mean, original purpose of, of meditation is the, the absence of self and complete oneness with the universe. So as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. a lot of the chants are to um, silence the rumination um, and to replace uh, the, the, the rumination. Yeah. A lot of the self-help people, I mean, they encourage positive affirmations. I like myself. I like myself. I like myself. Uh, mm -hmm. And is that like chanting? Is that a positive thing on the anterior singlet? I can't turn off the positive thoughts in my head? I would... Just no, I, I I have difficulties with with people who suggest that. I mean, it it sounds really good, but I mean, when you have, I'm going to say, like a a young female who's who's having some issues with her image, and you give her homework to look in the mirror and say, "I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I love myself." And she she feels like a Dorcas. Um, and I I I don't know. They say if you repeat something so many times, you start to believe it. I don't, I, I'm, I, this is where I love our field. Go in, train the brain, uh, give somebody uh, homework or purpose so they do something, they accomplish something. So those words actually mean something, you know, and they don't just go back on their phone and look at that new lipstick. And I'd only be beautiful if I wore so and so's new lipstick with duck lips, you know. <laughs> so. so somebody comes into your office and says, I'm lonely. That's their biggest problem. Yeah. What not everybody's the same. Like what what are some steps that at least you can point them in the right That's direction? that's like a complaint of a DSM. <laughs> uh, so I I am lonely means what? Well, to one person it might mean like who's sad. Uh, for another person, it might be, be an anhedonia. Uh, for another person, it might be an agitation because they're not feeling connected. Uh, it no matter what the complaint, the story, people still tell stories and stories change. But when they come in with a story and it has something to do with how they feel or think, what organ are you going to test? You know, at, if you look at the brain, it will usually tell you what's going on and how to how to tweak it so it, it doesn't end up having the problem. Now, as an anterior cingulate issue, it could be slow content, in which case 85% of the time it does not respond to the classic Luvox, fluvoxamine, which is the classic uh, med for, for OCD, uh, an SSRI. 85% uh, lack of response. Now, a placebo, you get a 35% response. So a 15% response is like a non-responding group. So uh, if you have an alpha below 10 hertz at the anterior cingulate, you'll be 85% of the time responding positively to that loop box. That's why they give it. 
uh, the alpha cluster responds well to it. If you have a beta spindle, the theta group or the slow group doesn't respond, but they don't have a bad response. It's just, it's a waste of time and money, but it's, it's not like they suddenly have a problem from it. The beta spindle variety or the very fast alpha variety, an SSRI is gonna cause a problem. If it's just very fast alpha, uh, tetracyclic instead of an SSRI will work. But if you have beta spindles, um, all of the SSRIs or antidepressants or anxiolytics that you throw at them are, are, are going to give them a worsening of their condition. You have to look and see what mode the anterior cingulate failure is in before you can assume that you have the right intervention. If the DSM worked, the diagnosis of OCD would give you the, the proper treatment. How many kinds of OCD are there? Well, one. Where in the DSM has it only been one and hasn't turned into two or three or four by now? OCD, one kind. We see three kinds, slow, alpha, beta. All three kinds have predictive medication responses that are different. There's different kinds of OCD. They're not behaviorally differentiable. They're differentiable in the EEG. So if you come in complaining of something, whatever it is, I wanna look at the EEG. It's not like I don't believe your story, but it's just your story. I, I muster as much empathy as I can get and I listened to the story of the person who's complaining of their addiction. But I don't know what their addiction is until I look. Is this the over-arousal drive that two-thirds of the addiction people have? Or is this the anterior cingulate that has the obsessive compulsive drive? You know, it, the addiction can be treated effectively, but we have to figure out what kind it is, not based on the story of addiction. The DSM doesn't guide you for anything except billing. And I'm going to take us down a slightly different path, though. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say, yay, DSM. Uh, I'm 100% with you, you know, Jay, when you talk about addiction and the like. Uh, but the loneliness, that, that's a different um, cultural phenomenon now. Um, and I, I think... Yeah, there's a part that we really look at the brain and then there's the part where we, you know, the instrument of the brain actually isn't that, um, I can't believe I'm saying it, isn't that important. Uh, it's it's a cultural piece. Um, you know, a lot of people, in, in fact, their, their EEG is looking really good and they're just lonely. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's the basic, basic things. What can you do uh, in your community, in your age group, uh, et cetera? How can you connect? You know, do you connect through an activity? Do you connect through people? You know, these type of things. So we, we, we have an epidemic, as I said, of, of, of loneliness. Um, in order not to be lonely, to get people to talk to you, you have to care about you have to give before you can take yeah. you have to yeah. ask questions about the other person and I don't, I don't think people get that so my next question is are narcissists lonely no <laughs> no no but i mean it's kind of it's the neediness right when you're really really lonely really really lonely you forget the input output i don't like the give and take um 
but all of us, we we know that person when we meet them, you know, at a party, somebody gloms onto you, it's like, oh, right? And yeah, I, I think people who are really, really isolated need some form of re-education in terms of you have to be present for somebody to be present uh, for you. Um, yeah, that, that's a learned behavior. That's a taught behavior. That's a maintained behavior. But no, I'm narcissists. Oh, they're in a classification of their own. But narcissists believe it or not, actually attracts people. People figure out that people are narcissists 10 years later when they've been destroyed by them. Narcissists have, have husbands and wives and kids and business partners, and they, they just go through them and destroy them. Uh, but Jay, would you, do you want to talk a little bit more about the brain of a narcissist? Let's get back to that singulate. <laughs> Well, personality uh, disorders are not just singulate. Um, uh, and uh, I have to say, um, I haven't heard Dirk DeRitter uh, say something is not fixable or treatable ever before until uh, uh, he talked about personality disorders. He says those are... Uh, uh, wired in so early in life that they're uh, that that they're uh, base, basically a, a core piece that that he he doesn't think is uh, easily fixable. Now That's this is this brain. is this is a guy that digs into the brain and sticks in wires and stimulates things and uh, cuts things out and uh, stimulates from outside and inside both. I mean he's. Uh, um, if if it can be uh, tweaked, he's tweaked it. Uh, he invented the tweaker. So uh, um, you know, at, it 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 uh, it doesn't uh, suggest that it's an easy thing uh, to fix. Um, it, it's it's not something he's uh, seen as a feasible uh, a feasible thing to fix. Um, narcissistic personality disorder is established, uh, again, going back to Shore's uh, work, uh, as a, patho a pathophysiological pattern in the first year of life. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it's a core portion of your frontal lobe's wiring. Uh, and uh, again, to get back into that um, <laughs> without just doing a an ice pick lobotomy um yeah i mean that'd fix it but it wouldn't be right you know <laughs> um uh yeah, yeah. i think, I, I think, think it's, it's interesting we're, we're talking we're, we're coming beautifully full circle and i you know I, I tend to be a very optimistic person in terms of all the work we we do but i mean we should have learned and you know when something, you know, we talk about, you know, neuronal Darwinism, neuronal pruning, everybody's talking about the plasticity, but the core things that do not happen, we all talk about what does happen zero to three, but the core things that do not happen, I think it's gone. Um, and, you know, we learned so much um, from the, uh, fortunately, the situation is lesser and lesser, but from uh, children that had been abandoned in early infancy. So the orphanage is out of um, 
um, uh, the Eastern uh, European cult, uh, countries, and then all the little girls from uh, China who, you know, they were fed, their nappies were changed, but essentially they were just put in cribs and not touched. Um, and, you know, bless all the individuals that um, uh, adopted these, these beautiful, beautiful little people. Um, but in terms of the core attachment, they're just fundamental things. Uh, and we, we talk about primal abandonment. It's, it's not that my mom didn't like me. It's there was none of that set up um, with another human being. Yeah, critical so, period. Yeah, yeah. If, so, if, you, if you go through a critical developmental period without uh, vision, you can't yeah. establish, you can correct the eye, but you can't establish vision. Yeah, um, we're doing uh, the same thing now to our collective children by ignoring them on a phone or putting them on a phone yeah. and then wondering why they're lonely later or why there are some primary attachment issues, why people are having trouble pair bonding. Uh, we, we can go on and on. So we need that that wake up call but that, this is a really tough one to talk about um you know hey we can't do anything if this didn't happen at age eight months but i mean there's, there's some truth we we would suggest that there may be ways to reprogram the pre-conscious unconscious but they're not neuro they're not normal typical mm -hmm. ways so yeah, yeah. Um, well only the lonely <laughs> is this where we all start singing oh. <laughs> I'm re-swingle Jake Uncleman all the lovely people out there uh, Roy Orbison uh, what there a fabulous singer you know yeah, there we go <laughs> well maybe next next show we'll talk about narcissism who knows it's all about me <laughs> Marie J you have, a, you have a great weekend enjoy yours all right, take care, guys. Bye, Pop. Bye, everyone. <laughs> he abandoned me. He's got a chew toy on the floor now. Oh, yeah. So, uh, moved moved <laughs> up. Bye-bye. Uh, All right, bye, guys. The Neuronoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. 